Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life, like how brain not do word too good. How brain word? Thank you. No word. No brain. No think. Just be cute. Thank brain for think. Thank, think for th- think, thanks. What? <laughs> One brain uh... solid is split amongst three people right now. Thanks, Ooh. thinky brain. <laughs> Look, we'll be fine. Like, as long as, like, the one that's talking has to be the one that's holding the brain cell, and then we'll pass it around. Uh, this week we have with us Craig Corso. Hello. We have Heather. Hello. This part might get taken out. We have Josh Whitehead. And then if it's there, then he's going to say hi. Nailed Hello, it. Hello, I'm Josh. <laughs> You are now, you had, I'll have to be Josh for the whole thing. Yep, there we go. We have a Josh. Oh no, that's going to be unfortunate. Now you're going to get twice the advice in there. Ooh, thank you for joining us, Josh. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he comes in because we're going to have to be like, right, I need you to know that your voice has changed for this episode. Just deal with that. Oh, oofy doofy. I I haven't listened to all the episodes yet. I haven't even gotten to the point of where I'm on it, but I don't know what Josh sounds like. That's just my no, that, default. Like, you know what? Weirdly enough, dead ass on. I was strangely enough, like pitch perfect. Nice. Uh, but yes, uh, today we are talking about adapting your Dungeons and Dragons games to your players. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that we we talk about generally in in crit chat a lot um but we wanted to do like a whole episode kind of dedicated to ways to listen to your players and and adapt it to more something that they might want uh i think first up question of just have you guys ever been in that situation where like you've had to pivot to your D campaign because of what your players were wanting Yumph. that is gonna be cray whoa so, what number was it it was Three. That's my favorite number today. Wow. How'd you, how'd you, amazing. I'm just really good at D&D. <laughs> wow. So, uh, the moment that comes to mind is when I was doing, um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And I, I had run, uh, Dragon Heist before that, because they're supposed to be, like, companion pieces. But, uh, we got through Dragon Heist okay, but then they, we got, they got into the dungeon, and they were like, this sucks, why are we coming down here? Because none of their characters were <gasps> built for going into a dungeon for 20 levels. Like, they all had different motivations. Uh-huh. So the game had to cease because the entire campaign was dungeon. So we <laughs> so we just moved on to a different uh, adventure, uh, and that's how we did that. Which isn't really uh, shifting the focus. Quick question, did they know that this was the module that they were doing? Uh, yes, but it, it, was two, it was two modules. Is the problem. Uh, oh, that's fair. So the first module is like a, a city adventure with a lot of mysteries and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so they built their characters for that because that's the one they were doing first. But then they go into this dungeon and none of their characters had motivation to just go loot a dungeon. That's fair. Okay, I get you. <laughs> I, I thought that they knew off the bat that they were going to be going into a dungeon and then just like, yeah, what if I make a character that doesn't want to no. do that? Like, no, make a better character. No, I told I told them we were doing that, but like it, it kind of those two modules are not compatible for that reason. I think. Fair. I mean, there's probably a way you could do it, but my players didn't feel the need to do that. <laughs> That's fair. How to redirect? Just get on a different train. <laughs> like- yes, session zero is very very important if you yeah. want. <laughs> 
I think like I, yeah, I, a lot of a lot of this is probably going to be based on if you maybe didn't do a session zero and find out what your players want, or like you know if your players either like don't know what they want uh, or like are new players and figure out as they go, or uh, did that cruel thing when they're like. Eh, just whatever, whatever you want. And then when you get in the game, they're like, no, but not that. Mm. Next up is Ismay. It's me. Hi. I have had to do this in the past uh, significantly one time where it was my main group from back in my old hometown. One of my friends used to DM for us and then he needed a break. So I started DMing and we were coming off the back of his campaign, which was like a very like heroic campaign. And I was like, okay, well, everyone enjoyed that. So we'll do like a more, more hero quest campaigns because people enjoy that. But it turned out that people didn't just want a break from like another uh, that campaign. They wanted a break from being good people. So I had like made all of this in like a we're going to be heroes. And then they had all made bastard characters. And I was like, okay, we're going to switch really quick to you, your bastard. It's okay. It is so, so much easier to pivot like that if you don't prepare anything. Never prepare anything. D&D. <laughs> some, some of my favorite games that I've done were just zero preparation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just completely improv. Like, look through the book. What monster fits this situation? Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes, there yes. now. It was it was a fun, because I, I got, I remember, because that was one of the first times that I was DMing, really, uh, like, in any real capacity. And so I got, like, a little put out for a while, because I was like, oh, they just, they don't like the thing that I'm doing. But then I was like, no, they don't not like the thing you're doing. They're just, they just want a little change up. And so I was, so it was a lesson in how to wildly, wildly pivot into just let people do what they want instead of the thing that you originally set out to do. But yeah, I guess last but not least, Heather, what you got? Only thing I can think of that was in any way a hard pivot for a character specifically was I had a player in 4E who tends to, with whatever MMORPG, will make a random character, play for a couple levels, have figured out the game, and want to restart with a new character in order to uh. then actually play the type of character they want to play in that world. And yeah. had asked me if we could kill off their character and have a new character come in. And I said, yeah, you guys are only like level two or three. That's fine. I'm going to tell you what my plan is so that you make sure that your character will die and then we'll continue. So I put a manticore in the dungeon and the manticore cornered his character. And then he triggered a trap that created a rock slide and killed the manticore in his character. But I put the manticore in because I had a manticore mini and I wanted to just put it on the map and see their faces. And the face, I am the evil DM. I'm not going to actually kill your character unless we discuss it, if possible. But I am going to scare the shit out of you for funsies. Yeah. But also the no imp planning. In order to not be hardcore thrown off by the players, I will pull out stat blocks for potential creatures and people that could be in the area that they could encounter in case they do get in a fight. And then have just a rough idea of the actual physical place that they're at that's it yeah that's, that's it that's unless there's good. a specific plot hook that has to go there yeah i think that that's a generally good thing for how to adapt to players is just kind of let them do their own thing for a while ask them questions ask yeah, them. That, oh yeah i love that, asking like what is what do you see here 
what is it here? Let, letting them create a lot of it helps make sure that you don't have to do massive pivots. Mm-hmm. But it also like gives a good idea of what they would like from a campaign. So like I, after you've been doing it for a little while, then finally after studying all of the garbage that they end up doing, mm-hmm. uh, you can normally find what kind of yeah, like what kind of campaign they want to be doing. Like I, I started with the uh, the group of my girlfriend's acting troupe. Very simple stuff. Art, you know, just trying to like uncover like a little mystery. Uh, and I wanted to see what they would do with it because uh, and I wanted to see if they were the kind of people who would go into it combat wise or try and talk it out or just give up on the mystery and you know, stand on bars, do performances. Uh, and it turned out that they got really into the mystery. They didn't just like the mystery. They thought that it was so much deeper than it was. And so that's why now I'm doing a whole big serial killer mystery campaign for them. Because I was like, oh, yeah, you guys were totally right. It did have deeper meaning. It had nothing. It had nothing. I was that meme when it was like, DM just has sexy goblins and underlined twice. Oh. That's, that's what I had. I, sexy goblins triggers memories. <laughs> Sexy goblins, baby. It's like if you, as a reader, are reading a book and you fill out all of these details in your brain and you're coming up all the the things, that's what the players are. But then at the moment that the reader is yelling at the book, this person's the murderer, you as the DM go... They are now. Yeah, right? Yep. You're definitely going to find more clues leading to that. Things they had said previously are going to turn out to be false to make them the murderer. Thank you for solving my puzzle that didn't have an answer. And now it does. That's the that's the beauty of the improv with the players is that if you have a like more railroaded campaign of like this is what they have to find this is what they have to do maybe have the agreement with the players that there are going to be moments that you tell them you see this you pick up this so that they have what they need but otherwise just you run the risk of pushing them in a direction when they want to go completely the other way and now they're not having fun and now all the things you did spend a lot of time on are getting ignored and don't go well flavor wise like if you really want to do big hero adventure and they really want to do mystery they're not going to be going and fighting all the things they're going to be going around and looking for all the things and it's a different dynamic but if you say here's the premise and let their imaginations run with it you just have to be able to keep up with improv and then write down the important details to bring back later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nothing's real until uh, you you introduce it to the players. So, like, if you have a bunch of stuff and you don't know whether or not it's going to work, it doesn't exist until you show it to them. Mm-hmm. So if you decide something doesn't work and then you go, I'm not going to put that in there. That's fine. Yeah. Prepare, like, ten or so different scenarios that you could do during a night and, like, some of them might happen, some of them might not. You can just piecemeal put them in. That's, that's pretty good. Keep new ideas for later. You also yep. can throw out multiple ideas to the players and see which they want to follow i do that all the time yeah like so three different npcs come up and talk to them about something that needs to happen that night and if it doesn't happen by the players and it's important to the story it'll get done anyway and that's just not what they're actively involved in and if it's not important to the story it's a side quest they choose they chose to not do yeah they can it's a choose your own adventure for a reason yeah i think yeah a lot a lot of the helping make sure that you are on the right track and adapting to the players is essentially doing everything that you can to not have to be in the position to really adapt to them beforehand. Just let 
let them do their own thing for a while, and then it'll be fine. The first couple yep. levels of a, of a campaign, I think, are really good for that before you start trying to have any yeah. sort of big overarching story. Let them go grind. Let them go and just yeah. talk to people, find things, create lore, and let it come out organically. Have either of you been in a situation where you've been playing in a game that has either taken that massive pivot or it's not entirely going the way that uh, the DM thought it was going to go? Uh, I have a combat scenario that didn't play out quite how he had envisioned it. Uh-huh. He had, and and this is this is not Dungeons and Dragons. This is a different role playing game. So I'm Fifth. breaking the rules a little bit, but. <laughs> The rules of Chit Crit Chat are so Lucy the fucking Goosey, baby. We, we were playing uh, Flash Gordon, uh, and he had put this one sword fighting villain guy. These are these are like characters that you punch once and they go down. <laughs> we could not, for the life of us, the hit the character or any of our characters hit each other. What? So the for fuck? a solid thirty minutes, we're in this combat with a minion, just completely missing and role role playing complete horrible fighting styles and, and he's like haha good blow but you seem to have not struck solidly enough to put me down i thrust and then he would miss and then like <laughs> 30 minutes by the end of it we were out of breath laughing hysterically it was wonderful i really like the idea of the unhittable enemy <laughs> that was supposed to be nothing and like yeah. making that into a plot point i guess because you can very easily from there be like you know what this is the unhittable bad guy that will come back and ruin your day later it wasn't just that he was unhittable it was that he also could not hit us it was like we were just in the middle of the room having a slap fight <laughs> i love it oh that's your new best friend that's your new like that's your new guy that's going to be giving you all the quests from now on because like you had that weird awkward moment all right so i have i have two one's a slow burn one's a fight the slow burn was that over two semesters in college there were 15 different players at our table two of us okay. <laughs> were consistent from the beginning to end. They kept dying. Not that the characters were dying and therefore the players left. The players left, therefore the characters died. Yeah. We did a dungeon that we just kept finding people or people kept wandering down from other entrances <laughs> or were prisoners <laughs> or whatever. We were creating attachments, but the actual yeah. dungeon where most of these players were, we were in character only down there for two weeks. That's a lot of trauma. Exactly. I have a solution for if you have a player that sometimes can't make it and this reminded me of that okay so the solution is you have them be cursed right and the curse is that they're supposed to be a little figurine <gasps> but but the curse wasn't complete so when they're able to show up the figurine turns back into the character and then when they can't show up they're a figurine That's so oh but please don't smash the figurine smash yes. it smash it is me <laughs> it's a magic item it's a relic you can't just smash, smash it you it. have to have a very specific way my, my mashers are so strong i have the other one that really derailed our dm we kind of accidentally one rounded the bbeg yes that, good that always by happens. stumbling upon their camp which was planned but we blocked up the entrance to the tent, lit the tent on fire, and then dropped something on it. So at the end of the combat, we're like, wasn't this supposed to be the big thing? And then we look over at our DM and he's just sitting there with his head in his hands. And he goes, yeah, yeah, he was. He was there. You want to know what he didn't do? He didn't get a turn. Just <laughs> let the bad guy get out so you can have the big fight. <laughs> yeah. Now, if I was DMing, probably some some sort of like trick reaction, something. But yeah. he didn't get a turn. And we were in like middle school. So yeah. baby DMs and baby players. I, I have a solution for that as well that I have recently started doing and I love 
love it. So the problem is <laughs> that your big bad evil guy has stats. And when you give someone stats, that means they have a, a, a finite limit to what they can do. And often that means that they the players will blow every single option available to them to destroy them in the first turn. Uh, because they know this is the, the super strong guy. And then he won't get a turn because that's how it always happens. So what you do is you don't give him hit points. You give him actions he can do on every yeah. single turn. And then you decide how many turns you want the fight to last. And then you have all these cool things he can do. Like he can summon a geyser to blast you across the room or something on one turn. Uh, I also like the legendary actions. Those are fun. So you give him some of those. You can give them the layer actions. Those are fun. So you can do a couple things every turn, but you don't want to ever have them just attack or cast a spell. That's boring. You want them to do something cool, like an attack with a name or something, like beheading <laughs> twist. He casts gun. It's always <laughs> cast gun, baby. Another thing with adapting to players, though, is in the moment in a fight, fudging rolls is useful. Oh, yeah. It's very useful to don't, adapt don't, to a player. As a DM... Don't consider that cheating. Yeah. That is curating oh, yeah. the experience. The only one I would say is if there's like a very important, important role that the players are like emotionally invested in, either decide that you're going to fudge it so they pass and roll it behind the screen or yeah. decide that it's fully up to fate and roll that one in front of them. Or if it's something important, like finding a clue that leads you to the next part of the adventure, don't roll for it for the love of God. Never roll. They just Never find roll. it. Also, you don't have to tell them the dc oh yeah never tell them anything don't tell them shit in fact just stay silent the entire time you're dming yes <laughs> no no words no no dm just be there just be cute they're cute and so they're like hey does that pass you just go do like a little ding i don't know and then they can decide <laughs> i don't know i'm just dm <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome back to the middle of the podcast break chat with your host, Ismay. Hope that you're enjoying this episode. Uh, First off, sorry that it is uh, quite a short episode this week. We had some technical and, like, audio issues, uh, so we had to cut out a good amount of it. Uh, So this is a short but sweet one this week. I apologize profusely for it. Also, I am pretty sure that the next episode that we're going to get out is going to be in four weeks instead of two, uh, just because uh, it's a holiday time and the days that we would record would normally be the holiday period. Uh, And I would like to have a little holiday break, if that's okay with everyone and not be uh, editing over Christmas. So we will be next seeing you in the new year. But if you are looking to get some good content for us, you're like, oh, I need Crit Chat. You might not need Crit Chat. You've got Winter Song. What is Winter Song? Well, you fool. Uh, It looks like you've not been listening to Half Damage. Uh, Half Damage is our other podcast where we play through the Curse of Strahd. But not really. But also kind of. Anyway, none of that matters. Not that it matters, because this year we're taking a little winter song break in a little one-shot. It's going to take place in the world of Detective Redemption, where I play a tiefling PI called Detective Redemption. It features a lot of your favorites off of Crit Chat, and it's just a good little one-off holiday adventure. So if you want to get into the winter song spirit and want to hear our beautiful voices, then go over to Half Damage wherever you find podcasts, and our winter song episode will be coming up just before Christmas. I think the date on that is the 21st. I'm pretty sure the date on that is the 21st. Yeah, let's go with the 21st. It will be up on the 21st. If you would like to follow us on social media, that would help us out so very much. Uh, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter.
Twitter if you just search Crit Chat. We are on both of those. Uh, our Discord is down in the description of wherever you are listening to this. And yeah, if you could follow us on social media, that would really help us out and lets us know that you're out there. It also gives you updates on all the things that we're doing so you can keep up to date. And the more people that see us, the more people that know about us and the better the podcast can be. Also, if you're on these various bits of social media and you see someone looking for D&D advice, tag us in that bad boy and we will give that good advice. Or alternatively, if we gave you some advice one time that you think was really helpful, you can be like, oh, this is what I do. I learned it from Crit Chat and then tag us in that. Thank you. Or if people are looking for a D&D podcast, you could be like, Crit Chat, thank you. Just look, there's a lot of, up. The, your, your winter song present to us this year can be recommending our show to folk. It would, it genuinely helps us out. We don't pay to advertise. So the only way that people will find our show is if you, yes, you suggest it to them. So again, that is Crit Chat on all social media. If you want all of these social media links and links to all of our other things all in one nice little place, you can go to critchatpodcast.com and it will direct you to all of our things everywhere. If you want to help us out in a money's way, uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Please do that. Uh, you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash critchat, all one word. And for as little as a dollar a month, it really helps us out to keep the show on all the various platforms and keep everything up and running. A dollar a month doesn't sound like very much money, and it, but it helps us out more than words can really say. Again, maybe that is our gift for winter song. Just a little, a little one dollar a month. That means next year you will only pay us twelve dollars. That's no money. And it's all spaced out. That's like, that's so little money. But that little amount of money genuinely helps us out so very, very much. You can also give us more than a dollar if you're, you are so inclined. But, you know, we're not fussy. Throw us your change. <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much for doing that. Uh, again, is patreon.com forward slash crit chat. I'll let you get back to the episode now. Hope that you are enjoying. And again, sorry that this one's a short but sweet one. Uh, but but uh, I give you kisses uh, to, to make up for it. Mwah, sweet kisses. Do you guys have like any ways that you use to try and make sure that you're running the game that your players want to play? I will preface this of I'm a very anxious person and I will constantly doubt that anyone that's playing the games that I'm running uh, likes the games that I'm running. It doesn't really matter if afterwards there's like, oh, that was wonderful. Like, thank you. It was great. I'm just like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, they probably hated it. Uh, how- it's me. How do I stop that? Apart from therapy, I'm doing therapy. I have been running D&D a very long time so I, I kind of just pick up on what people like after like one or two sessions. Like some people really like getting treasure, some people really like interacting with NPCs, some people like to goof around. So you can kind of tell what they're interested in just by listening to them a little bit, what they're talking about doing and when they want it. Some people just like to hang back too and that's also cool. You don't have to feel like you need to get them dragged into the game and talkative. Sometimes they just like to roll dice and listen to everybody else. But session zero, again, helps by asking straight up, what do you guys want to do when we start playing? I'll write scenarios specifically for that. And my my friends that play all the time will just say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite answer. The uh, nothing. Yes. Asking them in a session zero of like, do you prefer to role play? Do you just want to roll the dice? Are you just here and you're just mainly audience, but then you are engaged because you're playing? 
Um, yeah. And then one that I want to implement that I haven't that I want to get into is asking them at the end of the session if there was anything that wasn't good, whether it's they were sitting there doing nothing for 10 minutes, whether it's that combat took forever, yeah. they didn't get a chance to really role play, but then also asking what is it that you want out of next session, either you as a player or for your character. It's checking in with your players at the beginning as well of like, this is what you told me last time. Is that still what you want this time? To add on to Heather's uh, suggestion, I'm going to steal a little bit from LARPing, uh, which I have yes, done in the yes, past. Yes. At the end of a LARP, a lot of times you will be offered the opportunity to get more experience by writing a post-event letter. You, you have a little <laughs> form to fill out and you go, this is what I like. This was the best thing that happened this weekend. This is the worst thing that happened this weekend. This is what I want my character to do and all these other questions like that. So you can fill out a form like that and then hand it to your players and say, get back to me if you want. Don't get back to me if you want. But then you can tailor your game a little more specifically in case they don't want to mention in front of everybody else, too. And it helps them connect, like, with what just happened as well. They don't just finish the session and go, yeah, I want more roleplay and walk away. Like, they have to sit there and and think through it. Uh, Adapting to players, you need to be able to say yes 99% of the time. And if you say no, it's not because their idea is bad. It's because you have a better one that will fit for the thing. (laughs) Even if you don't, you will. But you're not telling them no because they're idiots. You're telling them no because you would like their character to not die. Yes, and we we could have said this like, 40 minutes ago and be done. Yeah, podcast is over. We're good. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, especially for finding things that they latch on to. There's always that time honor thing of like, if you give them an NPC that you've lovingly crafted and you're just like, this is the best character ever. They're like, cool, whatever. But then they find like a random knoll somewhere. They're like, what's what's this guy's name? And you're like, Scrumpkin. They're like, I will die for Scrumpkin. Then Scrumpkin <laughs> is the most important thing of that campaign. This is the hill I choose to die on it's the scrumpkin hill the scrumpkin we have just hell. named it's it scrumpkin's hill so again with <laughs> like, the, with the prep oof. don't flush out any of your npcs just come up with a rough sketch i also have a reading suggestion that ties in with this a lot and it is called the lazy dungeon masters guide Ooh. yes it has a lot of tips for preparing as little as possible and looking like you prepared for months Anytime I try and prepare for a campaign, I sit there for 10 minutes trying to think of things and then I can't. And then two minutes before the session starts, I have the ideas and I pull out the stat blocks and then I go, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) There are dungeon masters that don't do well with improv, that don't do well with the having them throw random things at you. My suggestion would A have more communication with your players like the the questionnaires that we said like have those conversations with them more often than you think you need to and just not like we have to spend 20 minutes but ask them then they'll tell you and the more you ask that the more they will probably come and tell you the things before you need to ask it and it opens up that communication you can prep beforehand but then also make like five variations of npcs shops towns roads uh encounters pathways and then make them like they're all the same except for the one difference that is in each one of them and then if your player doesn't go into that shop you still have that shop yeah. for five sessions later it's just flavored differently so cr- create the flavors later on now they're not in a fishing village now they're in a forest village so this isn't a fisherman this is a hunter but keep 
the prep of like backstory and personality as similar as you can. On the other hand, if you just like improving and winging it and saying, here we go, yeah. then do that. Because that's my I, lifestyle. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I like a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. I like to prepare, but I like to also wing it as well. I think for those that find it difficult to improv, because I, I know that I used to very heavily, especially like in the early days of you and the group that you're DMing, uh, is a really good place to find out what they are going to want from a campaign. Uh, and like, while that might change as time goes on, you can always have this little like test to see where they're at mentally and like where they want to take the game of just having say like three different options bring them to a common area a bar of the middle of a busy town or whatever and present them with three things like one place it looks like there's going to be a fight that breaks out one place it looks like there's a mysterious person in the corner and another place it looks like someone's trying to light their farts on fire or something. See what they're going to gravitate towards. You forgot about the hill in the middle of the town called Scrumpkin Hill. Forgot about Scrumpkin Hill. They will always go to Scrumpkin Hill. Always remember Scrumpkin Hill. That's the one advice that you can always give. Go to Scrumpkin Hill. (laughs) The podcast is over that we gave all the advice. If you... Then are, so again, baby DMs who maybe haven't had a lot of experience and don't feel comfortable trying to create their own thing and feel even more uncomfortable trying to improv because they know nothing. Modules are very helpful and you don't necessarily have to run the entire campaign in a module. Take encounters out of it. Take shops out of it. If you are a a new DM and you're you're nervous about running D&D... What I recommend is making a small dungeon and just doing a one-night dungeon crawl just Mm -hmm. to get your feet wet. And like anything else, practice, practice, practice. You get better as you do it. You're not going to start off good. You're going to get good by doing it. There are a lot of people who DM. So there are going to be people that have like, hey, here's a really cool idea from this other edition that will fit what your players want. I mean, there are official D&D modules. There are Pathfinder modules. There are people who haven't published their stuff but might want it play tested. We are going to have to wrap it up there. We are running out of time. So yeah, let's go do the thing where we do plugs. Craig, do you have any plugs for us? Uh, I guess I have a uh, a Twitter account that I very rarely use. Uh, nice. I think I'm called DM Craig on there. No spaces or anything. <laughs> if if that if that's not me, I apologize. It's probably. <laughs> I'm going to get all up in DM Craig's DMs and just hope to God that it's someone. <laughs> Let's go. That I rarely use it too. But but that's mostly because my only follower is like Ismay, I think. Nice. <laughs> I'm there for everyone, baby. <laughs> Heather, what you got for us? You can find me on Instagram at my minion eclipse if you want kitty content. And then Instagram and now TikTok at mama s underscore dragon and then twitter at mama dragon 20 i i just looked up my twitter it is not dm <laughs> craig it is what is it, is it? at craig corso <laughs> it's a very different that's good this is very oh, different <laughs> craig i'm already following you <laughs> hey amazing yep there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> I have eight now. A king's bounty. Look, if we get, if I get two more followers, I'll start posting. Ooh, I'll be in the double digits, baby. Get, no, no, there's a call to action. 
So everyone just go follow <laughs> Craig so he has to be more active on Twitter. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you the, the miniatures that I paint and stuff like that. Oh, see, that sounds delightful. But I feel like for people's mental health, I don't endorse people being on the internet more. <laughs> like, oof. The internet? Woof. Woofy duffy. Only use the internet to listen to this podcast. Yeah, oh, that, this is all that's good on the internet. We've got, we this know is that, permissible. Really. Uh, if you want to find me places, I am everywhere at A Teacup Gamer. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, even though my TikToks aren't popular. The ones of my girlfriend's TikToks is popular. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Because the one uh, of your girlfriends are just Ismay in pure chaos mode and it's the best thing ever. Yeah, like, to be fair, like, me and my sense of humor is very much like, I don't say funny things that I've thought about for more than three seconds. It's more just being baffled at my existence as a human being. So that's why people like those. It is quite funny. Thank you. I'm very cute and funny. You're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, everywhere a teacup gamer uh yeah instagram twitter i'm mostly on twitch i am twitch.tv forward slash a teacup gamer i can find me on there playing a lot of different games i'm playing a lot of slime rancher right now because it's adorable it's just a very cute game that i'm enjoying who, who doesn't like a cute slime you like a little slimy friend <laughs> i love it it's very good if you want to find crit chat you can find us uh anywhere at crit chat you can find us on twitter and facebook and all that jazz and on all of your podcast apps Every other Saturday. Don't know how I forgot that day. <laughs> because every other Saturday. Until then, I have been Ismay. I've been Craig, I guess. <laughs> you guess. I've been a very baffled Heather. It's fine. <laughs> and you might have been listening to Crit Chat. <laughs> See you later, folks. <laughs>